everybody, welcome to the Bald Move Television Podcast, Banshee Edition. This is for episode 407. Truths other than the ones you tell. Because we both agreed I would butcher that title. I'd be saying the truth that lies beneath the lies. This is Starring the... Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. <laughs> yes. With the zombie boat woman. This uh, is the penultimate Banshee episode. And this we, is what they're choosing to do with their last season. Let me tell you what how the mood at the the bald move couch when we were watching this at the end after the the post credit scene where they're zooming in on the Satanist and like looking at his eyeballs. He's just lying there dead. We both looked at each other and said, "If he opens his eyes, we're out." We're going to come in, we're going to like, wow, I mean, I thought we had eight, I've, I had really good intelligence, and we're going to have eight episodes this season, My guess was only seven, and they also broke tradition with no post credit scene, like, <laughs> how weird, but I guess we wrapped up the serial killer, Satanist guy. Yeah. This, Banshee, it's sad, because it's like, it's Banshee's heart, and it's testes and ovaries are still fully functional, but it's lost its brains, like it's a chicken with its head cut off, just flopping around. I mean, every, yeah, everyone's like acting their asses off. The show still looks amazing, but it's so stupid. They just smoked a little much, too much crack. They yes, I mm. think that's that's a. You cannot you, be a functioning crackhead, Banshee writers. No, and creators. No, that's what this uh, Eliza Dushku stuff's all about. And just it's it's an inside peek in the writers. I turn. find it hard to believe that completely changing set locations would derail you this much. I just wonder if this so. You almost have to come back because you had the cliffhanger with Job, right? I think if you could have done it over, done it over, you just don't do that and just you hang up everything last season. But I still think there's like a good, a solid four episode miniseries if you want to wrap things up because the them rescuing Job and cracking down on Proctor and like Job's revi- that's all been very compelling. The only thing that's not interesting is Lucas's investigation into the death of Rebecca mm-hmm. with this Satanist cult and it's just dumb. It was dumb. And now like Proctor's even getting like he's got this ridiculous cartel plot that goes all the way to the top of the United States. Like we got a lot to talk about. I'm not very happy. I was I'm glad to see that there's at least some fans that are still enjoying it because, right. like, there's a lot of people saying, you know, it's not that bad, whatnot, and I'm, I'm glad you're getting enjoyment out of it. But for me, I'm starting to get hashtag uh, never fanshi, hashtag sad I was ever a fanshi, yeah. hashtag what the fuck, because I just... It is unfortunate. Yeah. And and the thing is, if this Satanist plot is so crucial. Why is it wrapped up with one episode? Like, I feel like they're exactly. making us wait for this I was expecting la- some sort of interesting reveal. Like, yeah. he, that wasn't actually the person that killed Rebecca. Yeah. Or, I mean, I just don't see the point of it or introducing this new character. I mean, I, I know I've said this on every podcast so far, but mm-hmm. if you had just kept it simple and wrapped up the story we all came to love, yeah. you know, do the same thing. No new FBI agent. No Satanist plot line. We have Job getting rescued. We have, you could even have Rebecca die the same way. And then that's something else that hangs over Lucas's head. And or, maybe just like his name, we never find out. It's just, yeah. And then one last heist. That's, that's, that's what I was expecting. But I, I, the showdown between Proctor seemed inevitable. And if you keep Rebecca around, that's actual, actual tension because that's the one thing that both Lucas and Proctor agree on is pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> what, what, so, how would so, you like, feel if she stayed alive but also still was pregnant I, I, that's the other thing this pregnancy thing why 
has that had any effect? I mean, I guess they still have the emotional montages where he's intently like hate staring down this corpse of a devil worshiper. Uh, and he's flashing back to her sweet, sweet body and face. You don't need to make her pregnant for us to believe I, that he had an attachment to her. And that's the thing. Like, that's not become a defining, like, him, like, being a failure of a father. And this, like, that's not really become a overarching theme. And I thought they were going to do something interesting with Deva. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm really not satisfied. Uh, I'll tell you up front. We open up with the death of Cruz. If you're going to literally kill her the first scene, why the hell not just have her have and Carrie her... duel to the death? Yeah, or have Carrie have gotten a final shot off as she tried to run away. Yes. Why did she have to scamper away under all that machine gun fire from both Job and Carrie? Because mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know, like, the writer's like, well, God, we can't have the body of a Banshee Police Department uh, officer. That I'm like, why not? You do all kinds of crazy shit. That would be right. the least crazy thing to happen in this episode. Exactly. And it, yeah. Um, <sighs> so... Carrie. I did like how the blood splashed them through the combination lock, though. Yeah, that was cool. Like, it was such a momentous killing that uh, that's bullshit, but it's such a momentous killing, it actually bled into the intro. Do you want to talk about the intro scenes here? Yeah, because the intro thing is really kind of cool. They yeah, had this week was awesome. The, the Proctor meets Truck Barbie. Yep. Which is probably going to foreshadow some epic confrontation next week we had someone blowing themselves away joe and and it's i i i gasped when i saw it i'm like oh my god job's going to kill himself this episode Mm -hmm. and he does Mm -hmm. in kind of like a cool way so like bravo for that nice piece of foreshadowing because that whole scene i was like there's no way job's going to kill himself there's no way and then when job says i'm not going to kill you i want to kill me i'm like oh my god and then (laughs) it was a metaphor thing but yeah. very cool. Whoever's directing the opening credits should have stepped in here. What about the girl that's like split in the two Polaroids with guns scratched at? Is that symbolizing uh, De- uh, Deva that she's like putting she's she's lost away the gun? I don't know. I didn't get anything out of that. Uh, I mean, all... I think Deva is all the little girl Polaroid, so I th- yeah. I believe that's true. Uh, then you got the new Devil Hunt Punch whole safety pin in his shoulder wing dude he's got pretzels yeah they just dropped a bunch of pretzels dropped sticks. a bunch I didn't of really gold understand rolled. that yeah <laughs> some golden rod pretzels yeah so, uh what are you know. gonna do uh i don't know there's like a uh, next silly scene was carrie at her therapist like they had this whole therapist plot line for him to in the end be like fuck it you should go get yours and she's like, what kind of therapist are you? He's like, oh, are you surprised, motherfucker? Could I let you <laughs> off this easy? I I mean, I guess that makes sense in the Banshee universe. I, I'm fine with that. He's letting her go make peace with whatever bullshit. Why does she need his or, permission? And the other thing she is like. She doesn't need his permission. What? But he, she's going to try to continue to lie to him and continue to. What's the word I'm looking for? Compartmentalize these feelings of wanting to get her kids back, so that but she also has to finish this mission. I don't know. It makes sense to me. The weird, weird for uh, stands for a social worker to take, and also like I felt like this this was all leading up for her to confide to us that she never stopped loving. Well, we all Hood. knew that. That's what I'm saying. And like, then he does the same thing to Brock. Later. I know, and like I thought this scene was kind of horseshit, but the scene with Brock and Hood is amazing. Mm-hmm. Except for they're articulating things that we already knew. And I thought that they I kind thought... of established that Brock... I mean, I don't think he knew the whole story. Right. But the fact that Lucas Hood is an ex-con, I thought was, was an open knowledge. secret. Right. That's something like if Brock could figure out the actual 
uh, truth of it, like, you know, he could catch Hood and, and, and put an end to it, but, like, that was always his dilemma. I thought that when they agreed to do the Ukrainian shootout that it was or when it they was went knowledge on, that this is a thing. Or when they went on the Shaban revenge uh, oh, rampage. Like, I don't... I don't know. I it, And I thought it was weird that... I, I guess we can talk about that scene later, unless you want to bring it to the front. No, but that's fine. The only other thing Carrie does in this episode is uh, confronts the district attorney and yeah. gets him to leave Lightly down. garrets him. Right. Just lightly. Al dente. <laughs> Got his neck al dente. And, uh, you know, extracted what? The fact that... What was he the just big... admitted that he was being bought off and she gets him to leave well, town because it's super easy to convince him and manipulate him into doing anything. Sure. You just have to scare him and have him pee his pants a little bit. But the, the real reveal there was she found out that he had uh, had the airport's records suppressed so that all records of this cartel guy visiting him would not, you know, no one would be able to find that out. Oh. So that 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 turns carry on to this. But this this cartel thing is a fucking fiasco already. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's exploding in the high speed. Uh, Speaking of surprises, the neo-Nazis fucked Proctor on his drugs, and he beats the guy to death or half to death for it. But to me, I'm like, Proctor, this is on you. How did you not see this coming and have security sufficient to repel their attack? For real? You've got one guy? Well, I mean, I'm sure there was others, but I mean, again, this is Maybe a management. Thought... This is a management problem. It's not this guy. Like they well, fucking. This, is a, this you... is a thing that really happens. Yeah. Is that if you are a truck driver and you're transporting really um, high value loads, like uh-huh. cigarettes, for example, if you okay. have a truck full of cigarettes, uh-huh. so that your truck doesn't get hijacked, you don't even tell the driver what you're transporting. It's okay. just it's just unmarked cargo. Uh-huh. So that may have been what's happening. But they've been staking him out and watching his operation and where everything's been moved to. But what I'm saying is this guy was removed by force and held down and they carved a swastika like he was powerless to stop them. That's a man like he didn't have tools he needed to succeed. Right. Like, but if it's just maybe a, what if it's have just Burton a, drive the fucking truck if it's that important. What if it's just a truck driver? What if they thought the safest way would be with no cover at all? Like, well, so are you saying that we're supposed to see the Proctor's completely lost control when he's beating this guy to death? Because, again, I don't see yes. how he can blame the dude for letting him steal your drugs. It just makes Proctor look crazy. Well, yeah, absolutely. He's upset about having lost out, so he he finishes off killing this guy. I don't know. It, fe- it felt like I said. If you have a tr- a truck with armed security guys, that's the truck you're gonna hit. I so just... I think I'm. I would do, probably do the same thing. Yeah, you try to sneak it out, but then again, why blame the guy? I I, I don't know. Yeah, I... You got to blame someone. The guy was half dead already. Yeah. But still, I don't like it because it made Proctor look stupid and foolish. He does and... look stupid and foolish for having his truck hijacked. I know. But I'm saying it's like I don't like it because I don't feel like it's in his character that he knows that the – I mean, the neo-Nazis informed him, hey, we're coming for you. Here's the dudes that you were, were buddies with. Here's your head last episode. And I don't think he took a single countermeasure or, protect, or precaution – Against the one thing that he had to to, to deliver well, to, to keep his neck out of the news. To be fair, Burton was on his way over there. He just had to kill Cruz first. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so then Hood and Brock are sitting in a hotel room, um, Veronica's hotel room, 
and they're like, we have to find her now. Wait, let's just uh, let's just talk about all the Proctor stuff up front, and then we'll okay. just do the whole serial killer sure. thing. Sure. Um. So along with that, Burton goes back to Nazi HQ and kills. What I tried to count seven or eight guys. A bunch. A bunch of dudes. And did you feel cheated? Well, number one, every time this guy opens his mouth, I think, wow, this is such a creepy and interesting performance. I wish we got more of it because most of the time he just sits there. Yeah, Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those things where if you got more of it, it wouldn't be so creepy and disturbing. Like He's got this weird little boy affect and like, you know, he's just confused by everything until he snaps into motion and he's just he's a he's a wrecking ball. I don't know. On the one hand, I do feel a little cheated because some of his action sequences are the best in the movie or best in the the, the TV show. Oh, fuck yeah. On the other hand, the 360-degree pan away from the carnage and then you get back and and the fact that he was just soaked in blood and had rips everywhere, your imagination kind of fills in those blanks. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So it's not as cool for action, but it was awesome for style points, I suppose. Right. Um, I, I do, but like... it did feel like, I, I, I honestly, it's a cost cutting measure. I oh. don't think it was, I think it's like, For we sure. don't have That's one less, there's seven or eight more guys, less guys that you have sure. to choreograph. Sure. And I don't know if they're saving, like there's going to be a 90 minute extravaganza next week. I haven't looked, but it feels like they've been saving their action budget because yeah, we have if... not got the showpiece truly like capital B A N S H E E action scene that we have come to know and love from the show. Right. Um, so kind of along those lines, Bunker visits Maggie and says, you got to get out of Brock's house. Um, Calvin is calling her and just flipping out via voicemail and he gets his own emotional mirror montage before his boss discovers him and he kills him and leaves his job covered in blood shirtless thoughts. Why? So he just inherited the entire white Aryan nation of this inexplicably powerful county. Yes. And he's running all these drugs and get all this money. And he's still clocking into the nine to five. Yeah. Like at what point story, do you I quit guess. your day job? You de- and, and also what is the point of having him stripped down naked and beat his boss to death? Like, I guess you're going for this really cool Ed Norton and fight club or whatever the guy's name and wanted was. But to uh, yeah. me, it's gratuitous because you're watching a skinhead beat up a minority. I mean, it seems like he, that's, a t- that's, that's, I don't know that. I don't know about that. It seems like he's trying to have his cake and eat it, too. He wanted to be the undercover boss that you wouldn't suspect and still cash a paycheck while also getting all this ill-gotten money. Calvin is no Gus Fring. Right. So he just... And he also is feeling it start to slip away with Maggie, at least. I mean, what, what would you do... Here's the thing. Like, Gus Fring strips down to his waist and he's just covered in, like, M13 yeah. tattoos. You'd be like, "What the fuck? This is this is crazy." You got a guy hiding in plain sight with all these like that. This is that's just insane. That's how I feel about this guy. Except for he's not. I don't think he ever needed to have that job. Like, yeah, never they never established why. I, maybe they did last season. He was like their money man or something. But once you become the tippy top of the white power structure and you have all these drugs, I, I, I how much. That's not a hobby, you know. That's a full time job running that. Right. Probably a full time plus job. So I don't know. I, I it's. I, I it think was, he's I, taken over power, but I don't think he knows how to wield it. Yeah, I just I just thought that this was pretty horrific violence, uh, with no real point to it. Right. But we knew it was coming. Yeah. 
so final thing in this storyline is that Proctor goes to DC to work out his personnel problems. And that's the thing. What is he going to do? Well, does he have an army of goons to loan him? You cannot, in the penultimate episode of the entire series, introduce the fact that, I mean, think about Proctor. When we met Proctor, his big move was to back an Indian casino, casino and kind of have an owning, operating stake in this rural town and county of Banshee. Yeah. And four seasons later, he's running all of the drugs on the west, east, eastern half of the United States – and his connections go all the way to the top of the cartels, South American cartels, and the top of the corridors of U.S. power. That if, doesn't fucking make sense. What if that senator was passing through Banshee one night and bought some whores and did some blow and at his, at Proctor's strip club? And then he had him in his pocket ever since. But that's just my point. You're essentially saying that now Proctor is... I feel like there was a scene he's, to introduce He's Vito Corleone at the top of his powers in The Godfather. That's just never an impression I got. That's mm-hmm. like... Here's what I'm saying. Like, the good guy equivalent is if this season... SEAL Team 6 recruited Lucas Hood because he has a unique set of skills and he goes off and kills Osama bin Laden. Like, what? Like, that's the bad guy pinnacle that Proctor has achieved, and it's there's been no basis or foundation for it. Maybe that's what they're working towards. Like, a. a what do you call it? Working towards. It's the, it's the, it's the last episode. There's nothing not, to work towards. Wait, let me finish. Okay. Maybe it's not a spinoff. What do you call where Like, a crossover. A crossover of uh, Banshee and the other Cinemax show. With the seals. Oh, oh, oh. Strike Force or Strike... strike no, it's strike, not strike, strike Back. Strike Back. Strike Back. So we're going to get a brand new season after these both of these shows end next year where Proctor's running the government and Lucas is a seal. He's down in some banana. He's installed <laughs> himself as the head of a banana republic and yes. Lucas has to go take him down. I, okay, fine. There you go. I will That's allow it. You'll allow it? But other than that, like, it's just, you know... It, I don't know. I don't know what to say because that's just the laziest horse shit. Proctor got himself in a situation where he literally can't solve the problem himself. So he goes running to this powerful guy. He's got a senator in Washington, D.C. It's like that's the laziest, shittiest writing did of all the, time. Did the cartel bring the senator into this? Well, obviously he's been – I mean that's a, this is a deal that the senator already has personal stake in because he recognizes that if uh, Proctor doesn't deliver, both of them will be with their throat slit. So, again, this has all been going on without any of our knowledge and any way for us to ever see that this was actually happening. Okay. So Brock and Hood are going after Veronica. They get the florist's cell phone and oh my Job, God. Job starts uh, jobing. Why can't they just do the same thing they're doing to this girl's phone with Veronica's phone, who is an FBI agent presumably calling on her work phone? Like, why can't they just GPS track the last location? Why do they have to get this burnt girl's phone and go through her logs? Did they call the hotel phone? Is that harder to trace? No, what I'm saying is Veronica made a phone call from the Satanist fucking driveway. Right. To her own hotel room? No, to Lucas Hood's phone. To his cell phone? Yeah. I don't know. So just track her cell phone just where it made the last phone call. This is She's an FBI. <laughs> this is the same thing the X-Files pulled in the last episode. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is horseshit. And yeah. I, was, I could not believe I've seen it on Banshee. Yeah, no, it's crazy and stupid. 
Uh, I mean, I guess this way you have to get Job involved, but Job got yeah. hacked into the FBI servers because Lucas got like, well, we can't go through the paper trail, whatever. I mean, I, I just like no one realized the fact that Veronica made a phone call from that location. Yep. So Job and Sugar are back on. I have never shipped a, a, an asexual relationship so hard. They're cute. And that's the thing is, like, I was rubbing me the wrong way to how antagonistic they were in the last few episodes. But when Sugar said, I don't know what you're saying, but I sure missed you saying it. And he gave him his Joe Bye. And Joe, well, it was a little bit of a softer Joe Bye, I thought. (laughs) And I'm like, that's that's about right. These guys love each other. What's their celebrity couple name? Is it is it Jober? Jober. Or is it Shagob? Or is it Sob? (laughs) I think Shagob. Shagob. Sob is pretty good, too. Sh- I'm about like Shagob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Job. Sugarobe. <laughs> Sugarobe. Sugarobe. So, then I Show-booger. just... <laughs> Showbooger. Joe Boater. Joe Booger. Uh, so, Job does find the CIA guy and takes all of his money and kills himself by giving him his identity. Uh, I loved in this scene that they actually had the imprint on his forehead mm-hmm. of where the gun was just he he was pushing so hard he wanted to kill him so bad yeah yeah it this i thought that was phenomenal that was it was it's a great it's the scene highlight of the episode. and it's a nice twist and like i don't know that i fully buy the tech of it all but whatever oh, no. yeah whatever joe i mean it's if you've got guys who've been after job for let's assume his entire professional career or criminal career mm-hmm. Nobody's ever. Well, I guess they did make that a point. That, yeah, that nobody's nobody ever seen his face. Right. Suddenly, you inject his face and everything, and his address. I assume. I yeah, then, but that's one thing I'm wondering. Like, how does that actually enter into evidence? Like, Mossad's like, hey, you know what? We just checked our files, and it turns out we've had a picture of this guy all the fucking long. Like, yeah, it's got to be more complex than that. And I wish we'd seen a little bit more of that it, develop. Isn't but... this guy technically a government employee in some fashion? Sure. Which that happens all the time. Like you know, there's uh, there's instances of CIA and FBI double agents. I was going to say all throughout history, but pretty much just during the Cold War. <laughs> right, but don't you have record of this guy? Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing. Unless you knew his face, it's like this. You know, he he's could just, have been. Oh, I see what you're saying. He's he a been... Neo in the Matrix. Like you know, by night he's a hacker, and by day he helps his lady landlady with her <laughs> groceries. Like you know, until you make that connection. So I'm just going to dive deep into this serial killer thing. Veronica breaks free of her binds and then the guy comes in and just punches her out anyway. And he ties her up on the table, fully clothed. Yeah, so I want to talk. I actually like the scene where she kind of breaks free. Ultimately, nothing came of it because this guy apparently is super strong and doesn't feel pain. But I got to say, like, if it's important... For Elisha Dushku to not be naked, and, you know, that's her choice, then I feel like that it makes it stupid that they made it a point that the Satanists all stripped nude to to kill the woman in the first instance we saw it happen. She was stripped like, nude. All the participants are nude. Yeah. Well, and except for in this episode, they're not. They're stripped down to their panties and their bra and their... No, no, no. They were all braless. Well, all the dudes had their pants on. Oh, yeah, all the women had their underwear on, too, but oh, okay. they I were thought, just free-breasting bre- free oh, it. Okay. Uh, the main woman, she kept her bra on. 
She had like she a whole row. Like, I I don't get it. Like it's it seems for a ritual oddly inconsistent. And I, maybe this is just me where I'm like completely lost my suspension of disbelief. But I'm like, if you know, it, it just makes it seem like the other one was just obvious titillation mm-hmm. and titillation involving a woman who's getting her heart cut out is kind of like gross. I think maybe they were going to strip her naked, but she fought them. So he had to tie her down prematurely, I guess. But then he couldn't. And then the, the I don't know, like the, their scenes together might've been interesting. Had I cared at all about Veronica or the Satan guy, but he right. died in this episode. So like any who revelation cares? that comes out, it's like, it's complete. Who cares? So there's no I think, motivation. I think the point of them talking back and forth is just to see her trying to use her FBI training. And totally. Because that's using his insanity to. That's what you, you see, do. You try then, to keep him talking. You try to build a common connection. You try anything you say to get, you know, it, it's it. You, you got to try to get them to see you as a human being and not as a. And then you can sacrifice. see her getting less and less hopeful that it's uh-huh. working and she's trying. Uh, I mean, I did like some of her deadpan delivery too. Like when when his wife came in and she's like, "My name is Lilith." She's like, "No, no it's not. No, it's not." <laughs> and like just her matter of fact shutting her down with all her crazy talk. Yeah, I, that was pretty choice. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so Brock and Hood do make it to the house. They find her card in her card inside. They don't find anything, but they do find her car in the garage where they are unbelievably taken advantage of by Dr. Quick. Well, they call him Dr. Quick for a reason. He's just like the human flash. I, this is another stupid scene because I actually, there were, even though I don't give a shit about Veronica, I give a, sh- it's the, it's a testament to Anthony Starr that I gave a shit about him finding her because I give a shit about Lucas hood and right. what he wants. Yes. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, when Russ Cole is right on the, you know, at the end of True Detective and he's found the murderer's house. And it's like, oh, my God, is he going to find out in time? Or it's like in The Bridge season one where, you know, uh, Damien Bashir, 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 you know, is looking for his son. And it's kind of the same way. It's like, oh, they came so close. Are they going to be able to make the connection in time? Yeah, they did this thing in Silence of the Lambs, too. But they kept fucking with me. Yeah, they like, did this It's back like, and oh, forth. sweep the stuff. Oh, it's not so. Let's, let's check the basement. Oh, and then they do this thing where it's like the Satanist and his wife are walking down an identical corridor that's presumably underneath the garage, but they fake us out. And at, at that point, I'm like, come the fuck on. And then they come out, it's like, oh, let's check out the garage. And then somehow this guy gets to drop. This, this doofus little doctor, <laughs> plastic surgeon, gets to drop on both Brock and hood in this garage i thought the scenes being interspliced was really cool tension building technique i thought that was awesome um, just the third time but where... i think that it would have worked a lot better and smarter uh-huh. if dr quick had been under the car with a needle and he injected brock's ankle and that's sure. what made him pass out and then he does the same to hood that's how you get the drop on someone. You don't have someone walk around the side of a car in full daylight and knock you out. That's the Hood thing. Hood is way too good for that. Hood come. Well, I mean, that's where did this guy come from? Because Hood started in the corner, and there's no one behind him. Mm-hmm. He sweeps around the car, and he's got his gun pointed. And he's on high alert. He's expecting an attack, and right. he looks at he looks dead at the corner and sweeps it. Turns around, and suddenly this guy walked in front of this garage door that they established has windows. So you'd see this. Sh- I mean, it's just ridiculous 
that this guy, this is just some schlub. He doesn't have a combat experience. He's not a special agent. He's not an infiltration specialist. Yep. He's a fucking failed plastic surgeon and deluded Satanist. Yep. So we get this cool scene of Brock and Hood when they come to and they come clean to each other because Brock thinks he's going to die. I don't think Hood does. Um, the, he talks about how Declan came to him and he didn't tell him and he regrets not being the best sheriff that he could be. You got nobody. You got no one to blame but yourself, Brock. Because right. you finally get the reins, the banshee, and you just roll over to this gangster who's become the mayor. Like fucking stand up. There was nothing stopping you except for what you wanted to do it the right way, or you wanted to wait for the right time. Well, or as were... a mayor, I guess he could fire you, and then you're truly powerless. But the thing is, is your police. You can investigate the mayor. This mayor is still running drugs. And if you've got the district people. attorney in your pocket, what does it matter? I don't know. Ask Stephen Avery. <laughs> I, I just feel like that who, yeah. uh, Lucas Hood, arguably better sheriff than Brock. Agreed. And Lucas Hood is a guy who genuinely made people feel safe. Well, Lucas Hood wasn't around to fix this. But on the other hand, Lucas Hood was not a real cop because the things he did, you can't do as a police officer. Exactly. So it's six of one, half dozen the other. <laughs> So Hood says that he tells Brock that he's not a cop and he's been a criminal. So I guess this is the first time he's hearing about this. But I tell you what, even though the premise and like the fact that this wasn't a crazy, interesting scene, Anthony Starr turns into the devil. And like when he screams, I wasn't a cop. Like yeah. this, the look on it's like a rabid dog. It is insane. Yeah. The fact that he turned this to 11 for this kind of material still like made me step back and be like wow i'm gonna pay close attention to everything anthony Starr does after this i hope he doesn't fucking uh john hammas what do you mean well john hammas is this incredible actor and he is seems to be content to goof off and do weird one-off projects yeah and like, make a cameo and absolutely fucking everything yeah like anthony star you are you could be a star you could be the action hero that america needs right now you're the next the rock, Hugh jackman Hugh the Jackman's rock refuses old. it he doesn't want it, so yeah. take it and be like, you know, we need a little bit more of a badass Matt Damon. Like, imagine right. Anthony Starr in, like, a, uh, you know, another one of those Born Supremacy franchise things. Well, Matt Damon's back for those. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, Jeremy Renner did one. I think Anthony Starr should do one. Hmm. Australia needs to invent their own James Bond and have him be an Australian James Bond. Like, no. I would watch the shit out of that. I like I like his feral quality. Well, I, I James want... Bond has got a feral quality. No, he's unhinged. James Bond actually goes by the book most of the time. He's just got a license to kill. Huh. Okay. There's rules All for right. James Bond. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, where were we? So, Hood confesses to being a criminal, and he also says mirroring Carrie's sentiment that he came back for her and he's still in love with her and fell, again fell none, of this, is, none of this is new information do you think that he's over carrie he's fallen in love like well, three times I mean, since then that's the thing they'd throw in a passionate carrie gordon carrie? fucking scene every once in a while and like if you could i oh, mean i believe I, she loved gordon but i think there's a difference between like well here's the thing i think by the time that she accepted the fact that she's still in love with this man, 
he had already accepted the fact that she was never going to leave Gordon, and exactly. she was so he was making the best going forward. So I think that's and that I think that's something that people can do. Like okay, but you I, have to retrain yourself to be in love with Carrie. Sure, where it seems like they're trying to shoehorn them back together. And I, they can, although it seems like likely that one of them will die. I don't want to think about that yet. Well, I just feel like that there's. I mean, I may, maybe I'm going to be wrong, and they're going to really fan service it up and have everybody, you know, be together and everybody matched out, and they're going to be a happy mm-hmm. family. But I yeah. doesn't seem like that's what the tale of the Polaroids have been telling us. So he comes very close to saying his name to Brock, or he considers it at least. And of course, the Satanist walks in because he's literally the devil, right? Uh, so the doctor comes in and he's going to do some body mods to them, I guess. And not before they can overpower him. And I mean, this is choke him out with his legs. This is an Adam West Batman villain move. Like, I oh, well, we're going to have some freaky deaky plastic surgery done. I'll leave you with the nebbish doctor so, to your own devices. Everything will go according to plan. I'll leave you with these powerfully built strong men. Who are very dangerous, You've and I'll leave you alone. Right. You got it, yeah. I guess you snuck up on him and knocked him out, and your position is infinitely more strong. Maybe did he's you, maybe it's not such a bad decision. Did you think that they were going to use Lucas, or at least milk the fact that they were killing Veronica and make Lucas and Brock watch? I thought that would be part of the plan. Apparently Why not. would Dr. Quick just be off in this other room doing this other thing? And yeah. It seems like the kind of sadistic thing you would do. Yeah, it's it just, just feels like merely that's... convenient that all of these people that wouldn't have allowed them to escape were preoccupied. Yeah, and he's going to drug them up. So then like, like, what's the point of that? You're just making them look weird. Like, right. oh, the psychological torture. Like, like why people not? People don't typically why... get their take, what do you call it? Not sedatives, but uh, uh, painkiller, anesthesia, stuff like that to get a lip piercing or. I don't know. I thought that's the whole point. I think you might have to do something when you insert in devil horns and shit like that. But my point is, this is a form so. of torture to them. So why not do it un, uh, you know, unrest- you know, uh, undrugged and then make him watch him kill Veronica? It, it right. made no sense. I wish they'd given Brock like a forked tongue before they broke out. <laughs> Septum piercing. Right. It would have been hilarious. Or get like a black star then tattoo over his eye and make him like look a- like... Kiss. One of the kiss member, permanent yeah. kiss member, or juggalo, juggalo tattoos. No, I don't want that bad for him. <laughs> uh, so they do take his keys and they break out, and we do get an awesome fight scene of them just beating the shit out of people, men, right? Naked men, naked women alike. It did feel cathartic because for I still love Lucas Hood, the character, and him beating the shit out of Satanist felt like he was exacting revenge for me. Like, this is for wasting all of our time. I'm just going to viciously beat you all and throw you through plate glass windows. And, yep. and then I'm going to, like, the, the, him taking that Satanist down at the pool queue was Bad. awesome. They just Knocking they, his teeth out. I was paying close attention to the horns because he broke free a couple of those horns, too. I thought I saw that, too. Like, a couple of them were fucked up. You can tell more up, when yeah. he's in the body bag. Yeah. But when he said, like, you just don't know how insignificant you are, he goes, yeah, pal, that makes two of us. And just <laughs> continue to beat him to death. So that yeah. was pretty sublime. It's not worth it. Right. But I did feel in the moment kind of vindicated. Like, ah, uh, it was just nice to see these guys getting taken down. Uh, I think I'm going to write that into our wedding vows. <laughs> what? You don't know how insignificant you are. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. Uh, sorry, I can help myself. So 
we end with uh, Eliza Dushku. You've got me saying it. Veronica Lawson or Dawson. You know her last name? What Lawson. the fuck are you doing? I'm, I pay attention when I watch these things. <laughs> she has her own emotion montage, which I'm going to miss. Banshee seems to be the only show that does these emotional montages they do monopolize that i mean they're not the only one at first but i i I like it they're not the only one but uh they do that whole brooding it's it's kind of like i I remember the first time i i I, i'm sure it's happened before but the first time i I remember that happening is like miami vice where they would have tubs or crockett like you know staring off into the sunset and at dusk and the music would start up and but i don't think they like and it doesn't seem like they intercut with like all this fantastical like either remembrances or like reimagining of things, right. and that's the you just don't see it anywhere else. They got the whole emotional language that they like to use. Right, and in her because case, nobody's ever feeling one emotion at a time. Then yeah, she shows you all of them. Yeah, like I am angry. Like like I saw I'm, I'm I saw angry, Brock. I'm sad. I'm smoking crack. <laughs> I saw Brock even without him in, in absence of the help of a montage go through the five stages of grief in thirty seconds. Yeah, when Hood confided that he was a crook. Yeah, like he literally went through all five stages. He spent. Five, six seconds on each one, cranked right through it, and he was ready to go. Uh, did you also find it off-putting how quick Brock was to just give up? Yes. Like, like for to be this strong, like, pillar of a character, yeah. which I've, I've thought of him as, to just give up to death immediately? Like, maybe, maybe these links are never going to come free, but you still kick. That's why Hood's a survivor, because he kicks and claws for every advantage, even if he thinks it's hopeless. Yeah, and, and Brock's he just like, "Hey, stop, stop, stop! What are you trying to do? Bettering your situation? Just accept that we've been beat by betters, and we're going to die. Yeah, like what the fuck? This is why you've been second banana your mm-hmm. entire life. Mm-hmm. You give up so easy. Yes, yes. It's you're not like, just oh, you're an asshole. Proctor's the mayor. I guess I better give up. It's not because you're kind of an asshole and you're not a kiss ass. It's because you're just not good at your job, man. I don't think that's fair. Well." You know, life isn't fair, <laughs> especially life on Banshee. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she ends up smoking crack. I feel like living through something like this, you have the option to either decide to live the best life you can or to succumb to your depression, which is what she did by getting high in an active crime scene. Mm-hmm. Do you think the coroner is going to come back down like, oh, I forgot this shoe. Why does it smell like crack in yeah, here? I, like, I don't know what crack smells like, <laughs> but I bet it's pretty it distinctive. It smells different from regular air, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, what the fuck? Did someone catch her hair on fire? What's going on? <laughs> She's just sitting there with a the glass pipe. No, I'm just gathering uh, evidence. Uh, who would con- you, nobody would convict her. <laughs> it's, well, that's the thing. Like, There's a lot of uh, – I think there's a lot of questions in the official report about what went down here. Right. But again, who's going to ask questions? So then we have the after credit scene. Where the Satanist was threatening. They're they're essentially daring us to quit podcasting. They are. They were teasing that he might have lived or... Yeah, this guy comes back to life and I'm fucking out. And I think that they kind of were deliberately doing that because they're like... Right. Everything expected, everything that you've ever been taught about how these things work makes you think that his eyes are going to flutter open. They want us to believe in the supernatural. But that's dumb because that's not Banshee. the shadow of a doubt. That's not, you know, Banshee's literally a, you know, a, a evil female spirit. Uh, that's, that's not what Banshee's all about. Right. 
and I'm glad that they – I mean, I don't know. On the other hand, if they had done that, I would have been able to more easily rinse the show out of my hair. Yeah. Because I'd be like, well, they just don't even give a shit. They're just fucking – this is like jump jumping a shark to the nth degree. Yeah. So any any other thoughts about the episode itself before we move into feedback? No, I mean, that's the thing. I liked everything with Job, and the acting was some powerhouse stuff. It's just in the service of a really stupid plot with really stupid ideas. Yes. And I, I again, I feel like you and had to come back to figure out what hell, the hell happened with Job, and that would have felt like unfinished business. But, man, this is looking more and more, and which is a sin that more and more of the supposed Golden Age television shows are committing – is you too fucking long, man? This is what ruined Jessica Jones in the end. Yeah, it's it's I've... what's probably going to ruin the Punisher adaptation when Netflix does it. Like, whoa, you... whoa, whoa. let's not put the horse before the cart. I'm just saying this I would feel... have been a nice tight four episode season. I feel now what it feels like to podcast about The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's it's leaving a bad taste in my mouth. I hate that we're doing this. That we're just doing this podcast where we're just ragging about. How bad it was. What it really feels like is the final season of True Blood. It's that level. Like that. I feel like it's, it it's not and that the, level of fiasco, but it's the, getting that level. Right. And the reason we're doing this is because we love we love the material so much. Yeah. And to just do this much injustice. And we go through just, seven okay. episodes. This last episode is what we really want to see. It's, Car- it's Carrie and presumably Hood and Job's final stand against Proctor. Right. And some people will die. And, some, and hopefully Job and Sugar live. And, you know... Dane is not too bad fucked up. Dava. Let, Dava, yeah, let alone her asthmatic brother. What? She has a brother? Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. I think everyone's Only forgotten when it's about convenient. It. He doesn't mind grandma smelling like cabbage and farts. No, he's he, loving it. He just lays in bed with one of those gas masks on, <laughs> oxygen masks. Yeah. He's got to have the pet treatment. Pet yeah. treatments? What do they call those things? Uh, put the, the, the breathing the, machines? Yeah. Uh, anyway, whatever it is, I, I don't know. I, this, this episode, and I've been, I've been holding out hope that the, you know, Banshee will end in epic fashion. And maybe again, maybe next episode is going to really blow us away, but I can't imagine it's going to blow me away sufficient enough to be like, well, this was worth eight hours. It just feels like that. You know, there's there's too little stuff that they tried to stretch out, and and every bad idea they've rejected for previous seasons, they they scraped out of the this the, the wastebasket and threw it up on the screen, and one out of four hit, and the others completely miss. You no, know, that's the other thing we didn't talk about. Um, if you watch the after the show, mm-hmm. what do you call those? Whatever Just the, after the, the, the behind the scenes, Just like the a, insider, a, sh- a short clip, yeah. yeah. That the creator said said in reference to the um, scene between Brock and Hood that oh is that something we haven't done on Banshee before well let's just let's just do it but that's crazy like, this is because... not the time to start experimenting well but that's the thing like they do they've had the emotional character moments that they've nailed it's not the first time they've done scenes like that. It's the first time you've done some bullshit Satanist like I argue the white power groups are almost a step too far. Yes. And just how ridiculous they are. But going the full on Satanist, that's just dumb. And like and all all the Satanists are like perfect hard bodied, you know The Satanists? Yeah. Well, I mean so are so are the Nazis. Yeah, perfect for, teeth. For what that's it... that no, I was about to say the same thing. Oh, These okay. guys like this is I've seen neo Nazis 
they live in trailer parks and they don't have access to quality health and dental care. Uh, I've seen I've seen self-proclaimed Satanists and they look like the goth scene kids. They don't typically look like tanned Hollywood actors. Well, this is Banshee. I, I know. It's different. Everyone's beautiful. I know. Everyone's in a weird shit, but they only go to one place for it. I know. Whatever your vice may be. But I feel like them. they might have said that one too many times in the writer's room. Hey, it's Banshee. Anything goes. Like, no. No, it really doesn't. You built a really cool there's world a, here, and then you just started pissing in the pool. There's a limit. Yeah, no. Of, of it's Banshee. Let's just do it. Uh, like we need these guys to be captured because reasons, even though, like, they, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, Hood and Brock could have just arrived in the basement in the nick of time just like they did anyway. But they needed them to have that emotional conversation that didn't give us any new information. Right. And I was trying to compare that to other scenes where, like, I know, I, I know there's a lot of times, like, in Walt and Jesse's relationship on Breaking Bad where we were waiting for other shoes to drop. Mm-hmm. And there is like lots of times when like Don Draper where we're waiting for something, you know, him to reveal information to a lover or a, a coworker or something. And like those were earned moments. And I don't know why after four seasons, him coming clean to Brock, except for, again, I assume that Brock knew most of this stuff and his reaction. The only reason they had this intensive a scene is because Brock played like he was just completely blindsided by this information. That didn't ring true. I I don't know why this didn't work. I think there's a lot of reasons why it didn't work, and it's just not what we were wanting to see. It's so I guess they'll take down Proctor next episode. A shame. We'll see. Are you ready for feedback? I I guess. I mean, yeah. Let's 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 go through it. I started with one person who liked the episode, just so that we could. And bless you. Bless you for like, I mean, I'm glad that they you're weren't alone. There I, were other I'm glad people on the forums. I'm too. glad that people are liking the episode because it's I, I hate for us all to be hating it. That would suck. Yeah. So uh, this is from Rennie. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Looks like I'm in the minority here, but I really like this episode. I think it was the best of the season. The Job stuff was awesome. Of course, I love the scenes both with Burton and Calvin because these are what made Banshee great. I wasn't at first sure if Calvin imagined killing his boss again or if it was real, but it would have been bad if he had just imagined it again. He's nowhere near to Chayton on the level of scariness, but I can't imagine many things more terrifying than an insane neo-Nazi. Mm-hmm. All right. Being well, one of ahead. these is bad enough, but both. Yeah. Uh, I also really liked the Hood Brock scenes. It was stupid that they didn't call for backup as soon as they found Veronica's car, but I liked I liked Hood confessing to all the shit he's done. I didn't care for Veronica much, but boy, am I glad we're done with the Satanist guy. I'm guessing the finale is all Proctor now. The big showdown with the Brotherhood and the cartel and Team Carry. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, I guess am I looking forward to Bunker versus Calvin? But I, I will agree. Yeah. I will agree with Rennie there. I do think this is the best episode of the season. Bet's like saying revenge of the sith is the best of the prequels like and i had a weird reaction too where i think i was kind of like still giving the show so much slack waiting for it to round into late season banshee form yeah and when it didn't happen this like even though this is arguably got the best the highest highs of the season so far it just like this is where i gave into despair and yeah. like, cause, and I had that same reaction with Revenge of the Sith. All my f- fans were, or all my fellow friends, Star Wars friends, were calling bullshit on on Episode One and Two. And I was like, Oh no, Lucas is going to bring it around. It's going to be awesome. Just wait. 
And then Revenge of the Sith comes out, and everybody else is like, hey, it's better than we expected. I'm like, I can't fucking believe. <laughs> like, I delayed all of my anger to that final seg- segment. So I think you're objectively correct. This, that Hood and Lucas, that, that Hood and Brock stuff is really strong. The Job stuff is really strong. But I just was super disappointed that this is the season of Banshee we're going to get, and there's no denying it anymore. Right. Uh, Nothing more interesting than what has come. There's not going to be any twist or turn. It's just this is it. This is it. So Nathan writes in and says uh, he's also bothered that Veronica wasn't naked for the stabbings. Says when Bubblehead, the serial killer, had his back to her, I felt for sure that she was going to unload her gun on him, just like the title sequence stuff. Such a missed opportunity. Also got scared when I thought he might wake up at the end. Fucker better stay dead. Love Joe. What a good way to make really discount Aaron Paul suffer just in time for everyone to drive off into the sunset. Finally, Carrie said she loved another guy the whole time. She's got to be talking about sugar, right? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Who was she talking about? Um, so I guess that is a, that's a favorable fan. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like it's, uh, is it a different question to say whether you thought these episodes are non-offensive or good or, but, but not up to the Banshee standards? Because I feel like there's a, there's a perhaps more reasonable way to say, okay, this isn't what I was expecting, but it's not terrible. Whereas we're saying this is not only what we're expecting, but this is so far below what we know Banshee's potential to be that it's kind of retroactively making us feel angry. Like, I, it's one of those things where Jim gives me so much shit for highly regarding the show, and his opinion is completely based on ignorance because he's not seen more than 15 minutes of the fucking thing. Right. But if I had badgered and cajoled him into watching this and just so he could get, do this like final season with me, I can't believe like he would be, so he would mad. just be throwing haymakers at me and there's nothing I could do. Right. Cause this is just objectively ridiculous. Well, you guys are on two sides of the spectrum. He's, this is the show that he thinks that's as I, I told him today when we were having lunch, I said, this Banshee has become the show you thought it was. Yeah. Like everything you thought about it and how dumb it was. That's what it's doing this season. Well, I mean, I don't think you really need to stroke his ego that much. Then he'll never trust you again. <laughs> you never. What if it's when, something? What if something else comes me? up that it's totally worth it, and you can't talk him into doing it? Mm. And he'll cite he'll cite Banshee as a reason. Mm. And True Blood. I still have Walking Dead to hang over his head. He's roped me into seven seasons of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Bowman writes in and says, Job scenes were the only decent ones. Everything else was just lame. Why don't we get to see Burton lay waste to the Brotherhood goons? Proctor magically makes a trip to D.C. Calvin pulls a fight club stunt at the office. Why does he even have a job? Brock is yes. Su- yeah. Brock is surprised by Hood's truth. And what the fuck was that stupid scene at the end with Dushku? Tropper. Wait, to close out this episode, we need to establish that Veronica was really messed up by that serial killer dialogue. Bad makeup job and shitty whiskey. Dushku, go back in there, break some shit, and smoke some more meth. That will sell it. End quote. By Tropper. Yeah. And why is Sergeant Dokes on the show to make the obvious connection to Dexter? Another major disappointment at the end. It doesn't matter what happens in the finale. Ooh. This is a very, very strong opinion. Strong opinion about a bowman. But I got to say, I'm in largely agreement with him. 
Like this is pretty, mm-hmm. pretty bad way to end things if you're a fan. I don't know. I, that's that's my opinion. Yep. Ugh. So Jeff Trotter writes in and says, "Did I miss something, or was badass Deputy Cruz set up all season as the finale foe for Carrie snuffed out off screen before the opening title sequence?" even began talk about anticlimactic and why did she have to live less like were they literally writing this episode i don't i kind of wonder if they were writing this episode as they were filming the previous one because it's dumb to have her survive that fight just to be offed right by burton carrie is a super badass and we had been teased and we talked about how excited we were for her to have this awesome show up or showdown. showdown yeah and n- nothing. A hoedown showdown. I don't know. There's just so much more uh, emotionally or cinematically or anything to make that have been better. If Maybe if Cruz had been threatening Deva's life and Carrie came in and they just murdered her. Sure. That would have been badass. Sure. What an emotional gut punch. Or... Any other thing. <laughs> she's got she's got David in her hands, and she just does the Chatham thing where she just snaps her neck and then puts her hands yeah. out like, ah, come get me. That would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, Anything. Just recycling your hits would be better than, than freestyling on this, I guess. Uh, that's all I've got. Yeah, it's grim. It's grim times. Uh it will be hilarious. It, it's you've been very negative at this episode. It would be so. hilarious if next episode is pretty awesome because it's honestly what we've been. It, it's what we signed on for. We want right. to know what happened to Job, which has been mission accomplished for low these many episodes now. Yeah, his revenge was epic. Now let's close the door on Proctor. Let's see who lives and dies, and let's 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 put an end to this because man, oh man, I bet I bet Tropper and Ball and their heart of hearts are saying. Maybe why, it, oh why, did we have a cliffhanger involving Job last season? Maybe that's our problem. We just need to stop following Alan Ball around. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I mean, he just doesn't he, he doesn't know how to end things. He doesn't know how to end things, and we just we can't be doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not this you. This is it, an abusive relationship. It's not you, it's us. So actually it's you. It's not okay. Yeah. I respect myself too much for this. Cecily. It's not your fault. What are you What are you talking about? It's not your fault. Stop it. It's not your fault. What are you doing, man? <laughs> it's totally your fault. You've made you've, you've led me astray all these times. Yeah. You should feel bad. Look at look at your life and look at your choices. <laughs> all right. Well, I yeah again I kind of with the bait, the the Bowman like I don't know what they're going to do next week but it's one more week and what the hell we'll podcast about it. Uh, if you want to mourn Banshee or you want to tell us how stupid we are for not liking it, you can send that email in the Banshee at baldmove.com or we got the forums, forums.baldmove.com. Unless we don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we want to retcon it that the Satanist. Like, what, are, what are we going to do if like the first scene is the Satanist face again and his eyes snap open? Then we won't be back next week. So let's just say it's been fun and we'll see you on Benny Dreadful. Yep. Yep, Pity Dreadful, a much better show that is still currently executing on a very high level and is gorgeous to look at and is adventurous in its own psychosexual way as Banshee was in The Fists and the Guns. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Penny Earful, check us out on there. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Until then, bye.